Welcome to the Props Public Safety Podcast, where experienced firefighters discuss drone operations in public safety. Take flight, save lives, save service members. Hey, John. What's up, Holmes? How are you, buddy? I'm uh, hanging in there. How's uh, your day been? All good, man. Always good. Excellent. Always you're good. you're ready on. for another episode? <laughs> Public safety podcasting? Yeah, yeah. We'll break it all down. We'll find out what the next next few should be. Uh, it's a ton of topics. So yeah, there's, there's no shortage of stuff, like stuff that's been going on lately. So we are uh, we'll, we'll be good for a while. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one of the ideas that I had was, you know, how we've been going to all those lithium ion battery fires mm-hmm. lately, just reinforcing the importance of battery maintenance, battery storage, battery disposal. I mean, that topic. Is, yeah, it's hot in the press, so I think it I, I like that. I know, I know, we did uh, we did a quick one on battery maintenance, but it, it was more about how to do it, how to maintain battery, you know, health and for your for your uh, for your drones and everything. I, I think I think more of a safety brief of how you should store and everything would probably be a better move. Um, yeah, just because everything is. Uh, it's been pretty crazy in the, in New York. It, it has been. Um, so with that being said, I mean, let's start from the bottom, right? We get we get batteries, right? The first thing that we're going to do, right, we build out a program is we charge our batteries so we can go fly, right? Now, the problem we have with public safety is, you know, especially for like the Mavic series, we'll say is that sequential charging. It's that, you know, the battery with the highest voltage charges first and then the batteries with, you know, lower voltages charge, you know, second, third and, and fourth. So people have been getting the rapid chargers, which, you know, when we started that program, we were like, oh, this is the greatest thing until we started blowing up batteries. Which exactly. five cycles on. So I think that we really need to address, you know, the importance of using an OEM or a reliable charger from like Carolina drone chargers. I mean, there's a whole bunch of them on the market, but if you can't afford one of those big chargers, I mean, just get you know, four OEM chargers and, yeah, yeah. you know, create, you know, a, a charging station, you know, on a piece of plywood or whatever, some Velcro, some zip ties, some duct tape, you know, glue stick, whatever you got. Yeah, no, you know? this is, but, but this isn't a do it yourself. You, you need to go with, with uh, a reputable manufacturer, either, either through the, the drone company that you purchased out of or through a third party that is, has a, a track record. Yeah, because I, I know like when we started, we got those chargers for our Mavic 2s for those batteries. It was like an Amazon. It was like a $25 charger. Yeah. yeah. And it worked fantastic. It charged the batteries quick, but it murdered. You know, I think we, we lost probably 10 to 15 batteries after well, absolutely. Like 20 and cycles. You, and, 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 you couldn't, and you couldn't tell between the ones that were actually puffed that you actually could see. Yeah. And the ones that you had to actually put in. And seat the battery and turn it on and actually go into the cell health and see what yeah. that and, and and see what the cell health was like. Yeah, and that brings out the other importance of checking the batteries. You know, checking the the independent cells and you know running the diagnostics through a tool like Air Data to see yeah. you know what the cell you know cell life is looking like with your you know just if there's discrepancies in your voltages and so on and so forth. I think the importance of that needs to be uh, definitely you know, added into this podcast as well. No, definitely. Um, because, I mean, you go on air data and you'd be like looking at something, you're like, holy crap, I didn't know that battery was that bad, you know? Yeah, and yeah. when you see like the deviations per <clears throat> cell and you're like, 
all right, now it's time to X this. So it's really important that we hammer but, on. But but e- e- even getting away from how to, how to properly charge your batteries and and going through those those the the uh, manufacturer chargers or third party chargers, I think we really need to focus on how to store your batteries and where to store your batteries and how to properly store your batteries in case there is an event. I mean, luckily we haven't run into an issue with that, but uh, it's only a matter of time before some public safety agency is going to have a catastrophic failure and it's not due to flight, it's due to a battery sitting on a shelf. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, there's no way, like every place has their own way of purchasing. So, like, let's say if you purchase a battery through grant money, now it has to be decommissioned. And so you kind of sit on it and whatever, do what you got to do. But if you, regardless, these batteries need to be recycled. Yeah. All right. So we got to look into different ways. I know Home Depot takes lithium ion batteries. And now it's becoming so popular to recycle these batteries because it's in the media that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, you know, recycling plants and townships that are also picking up on, you know, places to actually take these batteries in but more importantly you can't stress like having a battery sitting on the shelf is just you're you're basically sitting on a time bomb yeah absolutely but but like you said there's a decommission process of when you have that grant funding that comes in for purchasing so there has to be a place to store these batteries in the interim of when you know you're not going to use them anymore and when they're being decommissioned and taken out of the program completely um and that's where uh, a bunch of these um, these uh, battery cabinets or or battery bags, depending on the size of your program, everybody should really consider uh, purchasing something like that. Yeah, and it's also got to be written out too in their SOPs. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of you know entities, and I know including us, we didn't we didn't write any procedure for decommissioning and removal. Uh, who we call, who we do, like where do we, these things go? And I think that process needs to be figured out before. They actually start an operation and start having these batteries. And, you know? and even and even when we charge our batteries on the fly, when we're coming back from an incident, you know, we have our compartments in the back of the rig and everything's kind of just set up there and we, we charge it. Probably not the best move. It probably should be charged with in a battery box and charged that way. Um, yeah. Just to I, main, I mean, we're all about redundancy with everything we do. Why not have yeah. redundancy built into, uh, you know, safety features for how you charge your batteries. Well, that's a good point, but there is no chargers on the market that are going to operate in a sealed environment like that. No. Yeah. So, I mean, realistically, we're kind of at a loss. We need the batteries yeah. to be charged, but we also need to keep into, you know, consideration that, you know, we don't have the luxury of just throwing them in a battery box mm-hmm. or like one of those storage, like one, uh, what's the name of um, case safe or safe case. So one of those. But, I mean, we also take care of our batteries. We don't throw them on the charger hot. Uh, I mean, that's a no-no. If it's, you know, 100 degrees outside, we're not going to shove them in the compartment. We're going to take the compartment and move it inside inside the air conditioning, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah. It's We're not going to throw bit- it on the dash with the heat blasting on it for a while. <laughs> yeah. To kinda, you know, yeah. You know, and and we've we've gone over this in in, in past podcasts and we, yeah, yeah. We did. so I, I don't think that this is is anything new to people. But again, we. we when we when we start this up, we should stress the importance of of safety and how to safely store everything and and yeah. and go along that lines because it's just over. I think it's severely overlooked on on how people do that. Yeah. Um, so let's let's hit off safety real quick. We'll say 
you know, one, you have to have a place where these batteries aren't going to be bouncing around, right? So yeah. they need a storage container. That container itself should not be placed in extreme heats or extreme colds. So if you have a, you know, external compartment and you work in somewhere like Phoenix, probably not the best spot for your batteries. No. The same way if you work in, you know, northern, you know, Minnesota, you know, probably not a good idea to keep them, you know, sitting in the, the zero degree weather, you yeah. know. So you want to keep them somewhat climate controlled as to the best of your abilities. You want to check them on a regular basis. And that means not only physical inspection of the battery, but an actual inspection with flight. And then, you know, reviewing the cell, the cell data as you, you know, you put the aircraft on the load and reviewing that data within programs such as air data, right? Yeah, correct. And then from there, which, which is which is becoming more and more difficult to do with, especially things like the let's say the M thirty, which yeah. you can't go into cell health anymore and see um, the individual cells of that ba- of, of how that battery is, is doing. And no, you can. Yeah, you're thinking um, in drone sense they don't um, have I'm that drone, luxury. I'm, I'm saying through, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, through third third party. Um, yeah, so air data will allow you to see so, the battery health in like a spreadsheet and everything yeah. else. Um, drone sense doesn't have that functionality. But if you started up in DJI, yeah, uh, then you're fine. The native program, then you could always check your battery health that yeah, way. Yeah. And you got to keep an eye on how many cycles you put it through the batteries. You don't want to use, let's say, you have a pair of, you know, let's say A, B, C, D batteries, like you know, uh, like we do for the M30s. You don't want to constantly keep grabbing A and B. You know, you want to make sure that you grab A, B, C, and D for your next Absolutely. couple of flights. Yeah. This way, you keep them all kind of around the same thing, and you don't really want to be beating up one battery all the time. You know. And, and it brings up a good point. I actually don't. There's got to be a better way to label your batteries than one, two, three, four, because it's just it's human nature to constantly go to one, two, and then the next week you're going to one, two, and then you're going to one, two, and three, and you, you know that fourth battery is just sitting there. Whether you label by day of the week or whether you label, I mean, you also have to have your general maintenance and overview of your program to make sure that you're actually operating correctly with. Um, with all of your batteries and that your batteries are, are being um, used equally across the board, you know, so that goes into your admin issues. But um, yeah, even even labeling, there's got to be a better way to labeling than that one, two, three, four, A, B, C, D, because again, it's just human nature to constantly go back to that A and B or one and two, you know? Yeah, no, I mean, you could, there's so many different things you can do. You can give them all little pet names, you know? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's definitely true. And like our minds were designed to start from, you start know, from one or right. start from A. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start from one and start left from left to right, you know, and, um, and yeah, uh, I definitely so, agreed. So th- this, there's probably a different way that we should consider doing things like that and kind of push that out to, uh, to the masses when we start talking about it. Yeah, definitely cycling through the batteries themselves um, and, and making sure that, you know, your batteries that needs to be in storage or in storage. Yeah. You're doing uh, your weekly fly days. You're checking your battery maintenance, but 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 by having just that naming change, it's very it's just a passive way to work around that one issue. Yeah, and a naming convention, it's easier too yeah. because then it's like, you know, even if you just did like they do with like hurricanes or something, and just go down that list or the phonetic alphabet. But even though we use the phonetic alphabet, it's still when you say alpha, you think of A. When you say Bravo, you, see, Absolutely. you think of B. I think my day, I think naming your batteries with days of the week or something like that might be a better better idea because then every day you know that those are the days that you're at least the ones that you're starting at. 
Yeah, that's and, true. And, and then pushing across across the rest of the week, you know? Yeah, that, I mean, that works. But then you're going to see, like, you know, if you have a really motivated... I'll never, I'll never, take, I'll never, take, I'll never take Monday. I'll never <laughs> yeah, take no. a Monday battery. Monday batteries yeah. are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Wednesdays have their up and downs too, though. Wednesdays, Wednesdays, you're almost <laughs> through it. So <laughs> yeah, um, but we'll definitely get you know we'll stress the importance of that. Now yeah. we do our inspection. We find a bad battery. We have to have a place to put it, right? Yeah. Um, that should be number one. Start our decommission process should already be in place because we should have those policies and procedures written down before we even start our program. Right. Now we have this battery. It already went through the DX process. Now, what do we do with it? Like in our field, we have the luxury of being able to make a phone call and having a group of individuals come and take this from us. However, a lot of places do not have that luxury. So they would have to go through their township uh, recycling facility, uh, Home Depot, uh, Lowe's. I believe you can recycle batteries through most of them. Okay. The possibilities are really are endless. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, as far as getting rid of it. And, you know, more importantly, you know, you don't want to have a battery that's not stable, you know, <laughs> sitting around. It's just, it's, it's and if a it's, matter and, of time. And, and if it's being decommissioned, then you're at that point. Whether yeah. whether it's, it, it might just be a, a, a time frame issue that you've, it's gone through so many cycles and it's time to go. And it might be an issue where you have, uh, where it's, um, it's falling out or where the, the cell health is deteriorated. Or it just might be time, you know, for it to, to to move on to a new battery, just because you hit the threshold for how many cycles the battery should go through. Yeah, and then let's, but let's regardless of what it is, you're at that danger point where where the potential for something to happen is is there. Yeah, but and especially on our ends, being public safety, our batteries are always, for the most part, fully charged. Yeah. Now we're in the process of grabbing a whole bunch of crap off the rig. We're, we're running here. We're doing this. We're trying to figure this all out. It's not uncommon for us to drop a fully charged battery. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And now it's like, all right, well, now I have this fully charged battery that's damaged that I'm not going to fly because I'm not going to risk, you know, damage to the aircraft. Now, all right, yeah, you could put, you know, a bench, you know what I mean? Turn the the aircraft on and let it sit until the battery depletes to 50 and then throw it out that way. I mean, which would probably be the highest recommended way of, you know, getting some of that power out of that battery because we all know batteries are like, like balloons, you know what I mean? And if they're full of power, the likelihood to pop is a lot higher. Yeah. You know, and that goes with your chargers too. So if you have one of these aftermarket chargers that is charging at a higher voltage, it's like blowing up a balloon with an air compressor versus your lungs. I mean, you're going to, the air compressor is going to be a hell of a lot faster, but the lifehood span of that balloon is going to be completely diminished. No, and then, absolutely. you know, and it takes a little bit longer to blow it up in your lungs. You'll get there, but your balloon will survive more likely, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, yes. so, so, so storage should be in a, in a, in a, a, a battery compartment or a battery case yeah. or a uh, battery bag. Yep. And there's got to be a place in in your program that's actually stored. You have to have um smoke detectors installed. That's another yeah. thing. I mean, you might be in some in, in a back room of 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 a firehouse or something. It's got to be it's got to be you got to have to have a smoke alarm. Yeah, but I mean just think about I mean I don't do it, but I've known that I've done it before where you're like, "Oh, you know what? I I'm 
going out to fly tomorrow. Let me just throw these batteries on charge and you go do another thing. I mean, yeah. yes, you're still in the area, but you're you're not sitting right over them. Yeah. And if they go off, if these batteries light up, you're not putting it out. No, 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 no. You're no. not putting it out. Like, no. I, I don't care what you have, what kind of extinguisher you have or whatever. You, you, it's not going out. You might be able to stop it from spreading, but you're not putting the battery. And even your battery cabinet, your placement of where you have it in that room, you should you have to think about it. You yeah. don't want to put it next to uh, an area of egress where it's your only it's your only way out, whether you're in yeah. like some back office or something like that. You know, yeah. you want to put it in a, in a, in a spot that. If if there is a failure of one of those batteries, now it'll be contained to that case. But if it's not, you have a way out of that area. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's a matter of time before somebody somewhere in public safety leaves, you know, an old battery on charge overnight mm-hmm. accidentally because they got to run. You know, they put it on charge. They got to run and they came back and they changed out of their uniform, they went home and forgot that it was sitting there, you know? And then they, they lose, they lose their drone, party. their battery, and their rig. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's going to happen. It's a yeah. matter of time. It's especially with like a lot of these bogus chargers on the market. Now you're starting to see, you know, crap batteries hit the market, aftermarket batteries for, you know, some high-end products. You know, it's we got to stress the importance of using, you know, OEM products and maintaining the health uh, and make that part of your daily operations, that monthly check of batteries, you know, should be standardized, you know, obviously you're going to check your battery health and everything before every tour. Well, we keep on stressing, or I keep stressing too, that whole redundancy thing with programs, Yeah, just having safety features built in multiple safety features. It's right into that whole whole um, redundancy element of of, uh, public safety, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be, it's got to be, you know, reinforced. Yeah, I, think it's, I think it's good. I think we'll be on the right track with this. Yeah. Well, I got the recording. Actually, I might, I, since I was recording this so I could take the notes, this is probably better. <laughs> this is probably a better podcast right here. You probably, <laughs> you know what I mean? That we could, we could even do. Like, it's not a bad idea. It's actually not a bad idea. Because the, the, the good thing about like uh, this stuff, when, when we jump on these meetings to talk about stuff, is like we start just spitting out so much information that that we have to go back and kind of disseminate later on and it's nice to just uh yeah i like it i like it we should put so, this out we should put this out as a podcast i, I think i think it absolutely works as yeah. a podcast because it works out well to at least see so everybody can see kind of how your brain works and how my my brain works and everything else yeah. and how we how we trail through the the progression of of these topics i like it i, I like it a lot I, I like this i like this new form a little bit better. It's a little bit more loose, a little bit more yeah, laid back. Uh, nice. Laid back, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. definitely. I'll definitely yeah. keep that in mind. But I think that this is the podcast. All right. Well, you're John Wakey, and I'm Mike Wall. And this has been another episode of Props Public Safety Podcast. Stay safe, fly safe, and we'll see you guys out there. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us at the Props Public Safety Podcast. If you want to take flight with our hosts and learn more about our public safety education program, go to propsflightschool.com and click the public safety button.